If you would, turn with me now in the book of Psalms. Psalms and the 46th Psalm. Brother Daniel, Brother Daniel Crosby, almost two years ago, not quite two years ago, on October the 28th, used this as a psalm that he went to. He and I share this as one of our favorite psalms. So I ask your close attention as we read this, and then I make some comments on it. Psalm 46, God is our refuge and strength, a very present help in trouble. Therefore, will not we fear, though the earth be removed, and though the mountains be carried into the midst of the sea, though the waters thereof roar and be troubled, Though the mountains shake with the swelling thereof. Selah. There is a river. The streams whereof shall make glad the city of God. The holy place of the tabernacles of the Most High. God is in the midst of her. She shall not be moved. God shall help her. And that right early. The heathen raged. The kingdoms were moved, and he uttered his voice. The earth melted. The Lord of hosts is with us. The God of Jacob is our refuge. Selah. Come, behold the works of the Lord. What desolations he hath made in the earth. He maketh wars to cease unto the end of the earth. He breaketh the bow and cutteth the spear in sunder. He burneth the chariot in the fire. Be still and know that I am God. I will be exalted among the heathen. I will be exalted in the earth. The Lord of hosts is with us. The God of Jacob is our refuge. Selah. Oh, brethren, what a comfort. What a comfort this is. Notice how it starts off again in contrast to what our brother read to us this morning about how Jesus was all alone. God is our refuge. We have a refuge, brethren. The God of creation. He is our refuge. Over in Psalm 62, verses 6 through 7, the psalmist tells us, He only is my rock and my salvation. He is my defense. I shall not be moved. And God is my salvation and my glory. The rock of my strength and my refuge is in God. Psalm 142 and verse 5. I cried unto thee, O Lord. I said, thou art my refuge and my portion in the land of the living. Psalm 91. The first ten verses are beautiful, but just a few selections out of there. He that dwelleth in the secret place of the Most High shall abide under the shadow of the Almighty. I will say of the Lord, He is my refuge and my fortress. My God, in Him will I trust. Later on, because thou hast made the Lord, which is my refuge, even the Most High, thy habitation, there shall no evil befall thee. Neither shall any plague come nigh thy dwelling. The Lord is our refuge, brethren. He's our strength. And that next part of that verse is so beautiful. Don't you love the words of Scripture? 
If it was to tell us that God was our help, oh, that would be great, wouldn't it? The fact that God's our help. But he's more than just a help. It tells us here he's a present help. If you're talking about time, present means at this time, at hand, immediate. If you're talking about a place, it's talking about being there in a specific spot with someone. So what it's telling us here is that God, he is a help that is right there in the time when and the place where we need him the most. But it doesn't stop there. He is a very present help. Very, that's an intensifier there. He is personally there with us, brethren, in any of the troubles that we have to help us. Think about Deuteronomy chapter 4 and verse 7 where it tells us, For what nation is there so great who hath God so nigh unto them? As the Lord our God is in all things that we call upon him for. God being with us right here, right now when we need him. Psalm 145 verse 18, The Lord is nigh unto all them that call upon him, to all that call upon him in truth. Those are nice verses, brethren. If you call upon the Lord and you're walking in his truth, he's going to be there with you. The next couple of verses. Therefore, will we not fear? See, if we've got this God who is so close to us, who's right there immediately in our in the midst of our problems, we don't need to fear. <clears throat> though the earth be removed, And though the mountains be carried into the midst of the sea, though the waters thereof roar and be troubled, though the mountains shake with the swelling thereof. We have to remember that when we read a psalm, it's just like when we read prophecy. Many times it will use very powerful language. It will use apocalyptic language. It will use very poetic language to emphasize the point. And that's what he's doing right here. He's taking tremendous events. Think about a huge landslide. Think about a volcanic eruption. Think about a hurricane. Tremendous storms and and problems. Do we need to be worried in the midst of any of these things? Not whatsoever if the Lord is with us. See, He's God in our circumstances. No matter where we are, what's going on, He is there with us to take care of us and to watch over us. Selah. Just stop a second. Think about that. Meditate on that, brethren. The next section. There is a river. The streams whereof shall make glad the city of God, the holy place of the tabernacles of the Most High. You know, a river, when you think about a river, you think about something that brings blessing and growth, don't you? After all, in Psalm 1, it tells us that the righteous man, the godly man, that he shall be like a tree planted by the rivers of water that bringeth forth his fruit in his season. His leaf also shall not wither, and whatsoever he doeth shall prosper. When you think about a river, you think about pleasure and joy. Over in Psalm 36, verses 7 through 9, How excellent is thy loving kindness, O God! Therefore the children of men put their trust under the shadow of thy wings. They shall be abundantly satisfied with the fatness of thy house, and thou shalt make them drink of the rivers, the river of thy pleasures. For with thee is the fountain of life, 
in thy light shall we see light. Again, the Lord talking about and using a river as an example of something that brings joy to our hearts. The city of God, that's obviously his church, right? In the New Testament. And what makes it so so blessed a place to be? Who is in the midst of her? It's God. Brethren, God himself comes and dwells with us. Notice this continuing thought in this psalm about the nearness of God. He's not a God at a distance. This is a God that's right here. He lives with us. He dwells in us. He's standing right beside us. God shall help her. And that right early. Again, he doesn't say he'll help us. He says he'll help us right early. God does not always wait. He'll come early. He comes just when you need him. He comes before you need him. He's already there making the preparations for us. One of the thought, one of the passage I want to mention about how near God is to us. What is one of the things that our Lord told us about for us? When we are gathered together, when two or three are gathered together in my name, he tells us in Matthew 18, 20, who's in the midst of us? Jesus Christ is there. There am I in the midst. Now, verse 6, the heathen raged, the kingdoms were moved. You know, there's all sorts of confusion in this world, brethren. That's why we don't need to watch it. That's why we need to pay as little heed to it as possible. Because there's nothing but confusion there. Nothing but uproar. But all the Lord has to do is say one little word. And all that melts away. He stills all that. Verse 7 should be very precious to you, and it's used twice in this psalm. It's almost the refrain that's used in it. The Lord of hosts is with us. The God of Jacob is our refuge. Jehovah of hosts. What's that mean? He's the God of all the armies of heaven. Think about that, brethren. Any military force that you could be worried about pales in comparison to that army. And he's there to come to our defense. But that second part is just so very tender when you think about the God of Jacob. I mean, if you said the God of Abraham, that'd be one thing. But Jacob, what do we know about Jacob? He had a kind of checkered past, didn't he? He, he was the, the, the least like son. You know, he wasn't the bold hunter like his brother was. He was the plain man. He was the man who bought the birthright. He was the man who did all sorts of deals throughout his life. He wasn't the upstanding one, but he was the one God had chosen to be his. God looks at us, brethren. We don't have to be the outstanding one, though that is no reason we shouldn't strive to be that way. But Jacob, the Lord takes care of Jacob. Think about what was Jacob's declaration upon his his last days. You know, what have my days been? They've been bad days, a lot of toil. Think about the different things he got, he got shortchanged in life. But the Lord was with him. The Lord was with him. The Lord of hosts is with us. The God of Jacob is our refuge. Again, stop and think about that. Think about being rivers of pleasure. Think about a city where God dwells. Think about God speaking the word and all the turmoil goes away about Him being there, our God. 
Verse 8, come. The psalmist asks us to come and consider some things. Come, behold the works of the Lord. What works? What desolations he hath made in the earth. There's all sorts of works you can look at. Here he asks us to look at the desolations. God makes peace. When you think about peace, there's two ways you can make peace. You can have negotiations, you can have discussions, and everybody agrees to be at peace with one another. Then you can have the peace that's talked about here. That's when there is no enemy left standing. When the enemy has been totally annihilated and wiped out. But notice, the psalmist, first of all, tells us to come. To to come and consider this. Psalm 34, verse 8 tells us, Oh, taste and see that the Lord is good. Blessed is the man that trusteth in him. And he's good, brethren, because he destroys our enemies. Over in 2 Kings 19 and Isaiah 37, we have an instance of this where God took care of his people. 185,000 Assyrians had surrounded Jerusalem. They had sent a boastful letter about what the king of Assyria could do. And the king, Hezekiah, took that, brought it before the Lord and said, Lord, just read this and you do what's right. We have no strength, Lord. You take care of us. And it came to pass that night that the angel of the Lord went out. Not the angels, the angel, singular, of the Lord went out and smote in the camp of the Assyrians an hundred, fourscore, and five thousand. And when they arose early in the morning, behold, they were all dead corpses. That's peace, brethren. That's peace. The flaming battlefield where no one is left alive of your enemies. Be still. Who's speaking that now? We've shifted, brethren. This is no longer the psalmist speaking. This is God speaking. God interrupts at this point and says, Children, calm yourselves. Don't be upset. Don't be worried. Be still and know that I am God. I will be exalted among the heathen. I will be exalted in the earth. Notice, explicitly, we should take comfort in the fact of God's sovereignty. God's God. He can do anything He wants to. He's done anything He wants to. But implicitly, throughout this psalm, what has been the other theme that's run through it? That river, right, of the goodness of God. God is good to us, brethren. He is powerful. He can take care of whatever needs we have. He's good to us. And again, our refrain, the Lord of hosts is with us. The God of Jacob is our refuge. Selah. Oh, brethren, what great joy we should have and great comfort we should have to know that Jehovah, the Lord of hosts, is our God. And he will take care of us.